0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back. In this video, we are going to be talking about an ultra-wide-angle lens for medium format. This is the Hasselblad XCD 21mm f4 to f32. It is the newest in the series that's being developed for the X1D. This lens is fantastic. Hasselblad were gracious enough to call me and say, hey, it's out. Would you like to borrow it for a week and do some testing and let us know what you think? And I said, absolutely. So unfortunately, I have to send this back today, and I am very sad because I have fallen in love with this lens. It is amazing. there's some really impressive things about it. And I wanna talk a little bit about lens design as well. Before I jump into that, let me just show you what this lens will do. I've just kind of been casually shooting on this this week and I've kind of carried it everywhere and it is fantastic. It is super sharp. It's an F4 lens, but you still can get some background separation. It's not any extreme shallow depth of field or anything, but it does knock things out quite beautifully. The other thing that's interesting is because this is an ultra wide angle lens, it pushes everything off into the distance. And so this would be an incredible lens to own for somebody who does architectural work, specifically if you do interiors. This is kind of a must-have lens because you're able to get a lot in. It's a great wide angle, super sharp, minimal distortion. As I mentioned, I've been shooting on this all week, and it's a little bit of a side story. I did a lot of this on Instagram, but um, the day after I got this in the mail, a friend of mine called, my friend Thad, who I went to college with. He's one of my really good friends. Announced he would be in town, and his son, who's 12, is like this organ prodigy, and they came down here to play on this organ that happens to be in Fort Worth. It's like, I remember the specific thing is but it's like the third largest organ from this manufacturer in the United States and it was on Ben's bucket list And so they invited me to come and I thought what better place to try out this lens And so we did some shooting and had a lot of fun We had a lot of fun. It was an incredible place to test this lens out. And what's interesting is I'm about two or three feet behind the organ and it actually looks like I'm much further. And one of the things that's impressive about the way they pulled that off is the way that the distortion has been handled in this lens. Now, lens design, like everything else in photography, is a series of trade-offs. You work within a set of constraints and that could be the materials you're using, that could be the cost of the lens, that could be the aperture, that could be how big the lens is going to be. And every time you fix something, you have to take a trade-off from another area. And Hasselblad have done this really impressively because this lens... I mentioned phase one has a lens and it is much more expensive. It's much larger and they have been able to pack this into something that's affordable and fits within the lens line. And I think that's really important too. It is a little bit longer than the 45 millimeter, but it still takes filter threading. That's another problem you have with wide angle lenses is sometimes that front element is so rounded that they just take out filter threading because you're not able to get something on the front. And this one has a 67 millimeter filter threading. So I've been using it with my wine country system that gives me a circular polarizer that. I. can work with and a set of ND filters and even grad filters, and it does extremely well. I've been really impressed with that. Another couple issues that are native to wide-angle lenses are specifically coverage of the sensor, um, also edge-to-edge sharpness, and then light fall-off also known as vignetting. And I wanna talk a little bit about each one of these as we go through, and we're gonna look at some images here too. I have adapted some other lenses with an adapter to this camera just to see how they perform. And it's been kind of fun. And what I've noticed is that longer lenses tend to cover just fine. I've used my Nikon 105 millimeter F 2.5, which was designed for 35 millimeter film cameras. I've also used my Lomography Petzval lens. So if you're into old school swirly bouquet, it works great too. Another lens I put on, which I think is really specific to what we're talking about today with ultra wide was the Nikon 24 millimeter f 2.8 and obviously that's not quite as wide as a 21 millimeter but you can see that it really does not cover the sensor very well and it also has sharpness issues and so obviously that lens was designed for 35 millimeter film camera and it works great in that application but when you try to adapt it over you start running into some of those problems and obviously this is a much bigger lens but I think it's really interesting what Hasselblad were able to achieve in the design on here because I've used like the phase one 35 millimeter which is a great lens but it's Massive. It is a huge, heavy lens. This is not. This stays portable. It stays within the requirements of the system that Hasselblad are trying to design and the intent that it's going for with portability. And I just think it was really well done. So the Hasselblad 21mm gives you a 105 degree angle of view. It has 13 elements in 9 groups. Two of those are spherical elements. The minimum focus distance on here is 32 centimeters or about a foot. It features internal focusing with manual focus override. And this is the widest lens that Hasselblad has ever produced. Also interesting is they made some adjustments to the shutter mechanism to optimize it for low vibration and maximum sharpness. And when I compare this to my 45 millimeter, for instance, it's a lot quieter because that shutter is in the lens. You notice it on the 45. It's almost silent on the 21. So I think that was a really good move on Hasselblad's part. You can shoot this lens wide open at f4, and you can go all the way down to f32. And I've noticed like really just about any other lens out there, there is a sweet spot. And for me, it was anywhere from between about f6.3, f 7one maybe up to f8, and it was plenty sharp. There's really not much of a reason to stop down beyond that. And I did do some testing because the camera allows you to stop it down to f32, and there is clearly diffraction going on when you start getting beyond 22. And uh, that's not a defect of the lens. I mean, it's interesting that they give you that option, and I suppose it's there if you wanted to use it, but I think visually, in terms of image quality, it just gets counterproductive, because like any other lens, you're just gonna have lens diffraction. So I wanna look at sharpness on these images, and a couple notes. First of all, if you are a channel sponsor on YouTube, I have a link in the community tab there. You can go and you can check out all these images for yourself that I'm showing here, and I've got a gallery where you can blow those up to 100%, and then also have some raw downloads, so that's available for channel sponsors. The other note that I wanna make is I have not added any sharpness in post to any of these images. The sharpness is exactly like it came off the camera. And if you go over to Hasselblad's website and you check out the MTF charts, obviously it's an impressive looking lens. And then when you look at it in reality, we'll zoom into hundred percent here and you can see that it is very sharp. And when I move this over to one of the corners, you can see there is very little fall off. It stays incredibly sharp. And this lens is really impressive. Let's talk about lens flare. And flaring is one of the challenges with wide angles too. Cheaper lenses tend to have a big problem with flaring. And this one, I have. a really tough time getting it to flare in fact a couple months ago i did some reviews on canons 2 16 millimeter to 35 millimeter zooms and those you really had to work at to get them to flare and this one was even harder to work with and i think it's really impressive for an ultra wide angle lens to be that resistant now there is some light fall off and the image you're looking at now is uncorrected so i turned the profile corrections off in the software and you are going to notice the light fall off but that's normal for a lens that's going to be this wide that's covering medium format uh, but this cleans up really nicely um, when you turn profile corrections on. With the X1D, you get somewhere between 14 and 15 stops of light, so you've got some room for correction, and it cleans it up really nicely. Another thing that was really interesting was testing this lens using the X-Band crop mode. Now, if you're not familiar with X-Band, that was a camera that Hasselblad used to make that was a 35 millimeter camera that had a really wide panoramic crop to it, and it was a really interesting camera to use. Hasselblad, I guess a couple months ago, released an. additional. So if you own the X-Pan lenses, you can use them with the X1D. And they also released firmware that would give you the crop. And so you can use this also with lenses that are designed for the X1D. And of course, with 50 megapixels to play with, you don't really lose a whole lot of resolution. And the way this works is it just puts that crop into the metadata of the image. So when you bring it into focus, which is Hasselblad software, it retains the crop, but I can adjust it and I can move it around. If you bring these into Lightroom, unfortunately, it does lose the crop, but it's a fun mode to shoot. and I had a lot of fun with the focal length this wide. It was really pretty cool. I do want to reiterate how impressed I am with distortion control and sharpness. This is a technical lens. Now, it is an ultra-wide-angle lens, and it obviously works best when you keep the camera level. That's when you're going to get the most technical results. It is not a tilt-shift lens. So, for instance, if I tilt the camera back to move my subject down towards the middle, you are going to have the effect where the buildings appear like they're falling away, and that's because it's a wide-angle lens. But it is interesting, and I wonder if Hasselblad would consider adding tilt shift uh, lenses to their roadmap over the next couple years because this lens really shows you what you can do with technical precision in a camera and it's really simply outstanding interiors were my favorite on this it tends to push everything so far back I think it works just really well with interiors and a lot of these were shot a friend of mine owns a barbershop academy uh, not far from where I used to live and I went in there and shot some in her studio when I went to get my haircut the other day and I really love this lens it's perfect for small spaces wide angle lenses and in particular ultra wide angle like this one is provide an interesting set of design challenges and Hasselblad have just like, I I think they've hit it out of the park with this. They've developed an incredible lens and they've done it that is not out of line with the price point with the other lenses in this system or out of line with the sizes of the other lenses. And I, you know, I have no official word on this, but I'm 99.9% sure when this camera was being developed, that size was of the utmost importance. If you're going to do a mirrorless medium format camera, the one thing that makes the Hasselblad really unique is the size. And when you have this really short, distance because you don't have a mirror box between the lens flange and the image sensor. Um, And it creates other challenges when you're starting to do your lens lineup. And I think Hasselblad have done a great job with this and I'm really excited to see some of the other lenses that are going to be coming out in the next year or two. There is one small complaint that I have about this lens and it's minor, but unfortunately it can be a big deal depending on how you shoot. This lens, like 98% of all the other lenses being manufactured today, is focused by wire, which basically means you have the focus collar here. And when I turn this, it's actually using the autofocus motor, and it's triggering this electronically. It's just weird because it's not. When you have a true manual focus lens, you can you, there's a sense of feel for where the, the focus is. In this, there's really not. And it's no different than any other fly-by-wire focus-by-wire system. But the problem that I have is that if you're shooting wide open at F4 and focus is critical because you're going to blur out a background, you really want that focus to be accurate. It's difficult because like I'll find myself, it'll zoom in and especially if the depth of field is shallow, you'll pass it and you'll have to come back. And so there's a little bit of back and forth. I don't think it's the end of the world. If you're using this kind of as a street photography lens, you're going to want to zone focus anyway. So you're not even having to worry about it. And I did a little bit of that this week and it works great basically you're going to stop it down everything sharpens up nicely and then you don't worry about focusing as much you kind of judge distances where things are but it's an incredible lens and like i said if you are doing architectural work at all I think this is essential, especially if you're doing interiors, because you're just able to photograph in a really tight space. And uh, it's really pretty amazing what they've been able to do on here. So anyway, I would love to hear what you guys have to say. I've got to get this boxed up and over to ship out. And I am very sad because I don't want to give this lens up. It is amazing. So leave me a comment below and let me know what you think. And I will see you guys in the next video. Until then, later. Is that your arrangement? Mm. How old are you? (sighs) 12.